ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, his highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Sports King program on this Wednesday, October 21st. Steamrolling towards Halloween. We've got a lot heading into November, and we thank you for joining us Facebook Live as well as Sports 1061 on this hump day edition of the Sports King Show alongside Ben Maitland. I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. We're going to get into it right away. Last night, it was the Dodgers, and they did it with power. They did it with an eruption for eight runs in three innings to take game one. In this one, it was 8-3, to three, the Dodgers. And how many times have we heard about Clayton Kershaw and how he couldn't do it in the postseason? We're going to talk about that to start things off on the Sports King program. Take your phone calls to 804-327-0888 is the number here. But before that, let's say hello to all of our sponsors, for which we can't do the program without we want to thank the Nerve Company. Never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. And we say good morning to everyone in Denver. Thank OutsideTheWebsite.com. They do graphics, website design, marketing plans. They do it all. And they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. How about our great friends at CMA's Colonial Honda? They continue to keep lies moving forward, folks, go out and see for yourself. They have new cars, a tremendous selection of new cars and used cars, and they can be delivered if you need them to in these times. If you can't get out, if you can't get out, they will bring the vehicle to you. Somehow, some way, they'll get the car to you. That's the type of customer service you're dealing with when you're dealing with the folks at CMA's Colonial Honda. They are just tremendous in every facet. They are led by their president and general manager, Tim Cosgrove. Had an opportunity to talk to Tim yesterday, catch up with him. Great wrestling fan, great community member, great leader, and nobody finder to deal with. So when I say you'll have an experience like none other, just give Tim Cosgrove and the outstanding folks at CMA's Colonial Honda an opportunity. You will not be disappointed. They deliver for the community. They deliver for you. And that's the folks at CMA's Colonial Honda. How about the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross? If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery. They have offices in Springfield, Virginia, and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 240,000 people that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross and the podiatry center. Of course, the Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care heard here weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. He gives you free advice every single week. Maybe there's something bothering you. If you listen to the Sports King program, he gives you free advice to try to help you get through. And if you have an opportunity, you can't get to his office, you can set up a tele-meeting 
where you can actually go online, do a Zoom or a GoTo meeting and talk to him about your foot issue. And he will try to help you through it there. And if he needs to see you in person, you have that option as well. We also welcome back to the program, the Joe Mowgli Report, brought to you by Coastal Carolina University. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, offering insights on life, finance, and sports. Heard here weekly on the Sports King Show. It is the Joe Mowgli Report. So let's go back to last night. Clayton Kershaw, who many said, well, you know, he's the biggest issue for these Dodgers. Dave Roberts, to his credit, gave him the ball in game one. And after his performance, the Los Angeles Dodgers are now three wins away from the first world title in 32 years. Kershaw came through with flying colors, and he carved through the Tampa Bay lineup, retiring 17 of the final 18 batters he faced and leading the Dodgers to an 8-3 victory in game one of the 116th World Series all-time. And, folks, uh, this World Series, unlike any other we've ever seen to get to this point, six innings, Kershaw allowed only two hits, one walk, while striking out eight. He kept them totally off balance. The lone hit was a Kevin Kiermeyer home run, a kid I really like, a guy that's a talented player offensively and defensively. It was one of the only blemishes on the night for Kershaw and the Dodgers, and they basically did what they had to do. Rays manager Kevin Cash, a guy I have a tremendous amount of respect for, I feel he's one of the best, if not the best in all of baseball, said Kershaw was dealing. He said, you see why he's going to the Hall of Fame one day. And there was a crowd, a sparse crowd, at Globe Life Field of 11,388, and they were all over the lower concourse, upper concourse area with Dodgers jerseys cheering the Dodgers' big moments and unleashed a lot of booze during a check swing strike call, and it was a partisan crowd in favor of the Dodgers. When Kershaw is pitching as he did, of course, it becomes a lot harder for anybody. The Rays batters helped Kershaw. They swung at 38 of his 78 pitches and whiffed on 19. All eight of his punch outs were of the swinging variety with the last seven on sliders. The slider was impeccable, and they moved Kershaw in the second place on the all-time postseason strikeout list. He now has 201. Should the series get to a fifth game, it's going to go likely back to Kershaw, and he would likely pass the Houston Astros' Justin Verlander into the next level there. Although Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said he's not sure how the rest of the rotation is going to go in the later game, Kershaw had been amazing all night last night. One of those things where you say he's a guy that struck out 13 a few weeks back, and then he's also the guy that got pounded. You just didn't know what you are going to get but he came out and showed why he will be a Hall of Famer one day soon because this guy needed to come through for a defining performance for his career, and he did so last night. Game two is scheduled for tonight with the Rays' Blake Snell facing Los Angeles' Tony Gunsolin. After an off day, Charlie Morton will start against the Dodgers' ace Walker Bueller in game three. So the pitching matchups throughout this World Series are going to be dynamic. That's one of the main storylines. Who's going to outpitch who? And as far as the play, you saw last night the Dodgers, unfortunately, right now are heating up. Of course, they did so towards the end of the Braves series all the way through now, and many people were hoping uh, as the Braves were able to silence the bats early in that series, and, of course, they get hot. When they get hot, they're one of those teams you just have to really hold your breath and hope that you can keep that lineup down. It's easier said than done. But a tremendous lineup up and down are the Dodgers, and they, uh, of course, came through last night. In this game, Kershaw gets the win. Tyler Glass now, 
who pitched well early on, but I just felt like he was outclassed by Kershaw as the Dodgers beat the Rays 8-3. to uh, Kershaw, as I said, his teammates accumulated 10 hits, two of which went over the fence. Mookie Betts, of course, did his thing with the bat and the glove. And in this game, Mookie Betts, of course, did something for all of America. If you're a fan of tacos, and I'm not here to promote Taco Bell unless you want to become a sponsor of the Sports King Show, and you can call me or my agent today. We'd love to hear from you. But, no, when he swiped a base, he basically, with the promotion they have, if you are a fan of tacos, he won a taco for everybody in America by stealing a base. There was no throw by Zunino, the catcher for the Rays, on the play where Mookie stole it. Now, in this game, Mookie Betts uh, became the first player to have a base on balls and a steal in the same inning in a World Series game. Folks, listen to this for numbers. Since 1921, 1921 was the last time that a player stole a base and had a base on balls in a World Series inning since 1921 at Babe Ruth. Talk about great company. So Mookie Betts joins Babe Ruth in great company as far as doing something that had not been done since 1921. <clears throat> so the Dodgers, do I think they are going to walk away with it? No. Do I think it's going to be competitive throughout? Absolutely. But I do think it was a message sent last night loud and clear by Clayton Kershaw, a guy that needed to have a message sent. Very, very big message in game one. So that's the situation there in terms of what's happening on the World Series front. Now, other news in terms of the sports world we want to get to. If you are a fan of the NFL, and we know many of you are, we want to tell you that the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores and company, have decided to make a move at quarterback. Rookie quarterback Tua Tungalavoa will take over as the Miami Dolphins starting quarterback beginning in week eight against the Los Angeles Rams. This, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Dolphins currently are on their bye week. It will give Tua two weeks, say that fast, Tua two weeks to prepare for the transition. Tagalavoa's first NFL start will come 351 days after suffering a dislocated right hip and posterior wall fracture. Remember, the hit he took in college, many people were wondering about his durability. It's been a remarkable recovery for the young man from Alabama, of course. And uh, he is an outstanding quarterback who played great football for the Crimson Tide. Of course, came in that title game and won it for him with that late, late pass. After having a late sack, he came back with a throw that was for the ages for Alabama Crimson Tide fans. Of course, the Tide are always heard here, right here on Sports 106.1 alongside the Nick Saban Show. The move comes as a bit of surprise because of the timing of things. Veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing fairly well leading the Dolphins to two consecutive wins by a combined score of 67-17. to He was also the seventh-best QBR rating in the league at 79.6. So this is something that got me pondering overnight, and I'm thinking to myself, as a former coach, not at the NFL level, but I wondered aloud, why would you mess with success? You've got a quarterback who I've told you and gone on record saying <clears throat> Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy – that if you like to wager on games, he's the guy you stay away from, like the plague, because of the fact that with his situation, he can win anytime, anywhere, five touchdowns, five interceptions. He's a guy that can just beat you at any given moment. However, he can also, conversely, 
frustrate the living you know out of you because you don't know what you're going to get with Ryan Fitzpatrick till he gets to the yard. I mean, he can run around through it everywhere, make big plays, do all the great things that you're expecting from a quarterback, and he does it. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing well. The Dolphins win two ball games and outscore the opposition 67 to 17. So while I'm saying, yes, I'd like to see what Tua can do, I don't think from a coaching standpoint, this was going to be one of the great moves in coaching history. There's an old saying, don't mess with success. Why would you change now? Why would you pull? If you're a Dolphins fan, if you feel differently, give me a call. 804-327-0888 is the number. I just don't like the timing of this move. When you've defeated two teams by 67-17, to 17, you've got a quarterback playing well with a high QBR rating, seventh in the league. You're now going to pull him to place a rookie in that, uh, I don't know. Now, conversely, if Fitzpatrick had been awful, and was at the bottom of QBR ratings, and his team had lost two in a row by a combined 67-17 score, I would say, you know what, Brian Flores, time to pull the plug. you got to get him in there. got to get the rookie in there. You have nothing to lose. But when you're winning, now just like the Jets, the Jets can't get out of their own way. They're 0-5. If Sam Darnold's there and two was behind him, I'd say, hey, make the move because we got to try something to turn this around. You don't have to do this in Miami. Miami's winning right now. Yes, the public sentiment is get two in here. Let's see what we can do. He's a high draft pick. I get it. But not now. Your two-game winning streak, 67-17, to 17, this could have really bad ramifications if it goes off the rails in Miami. This is going to be a new era for them. They believe that Tagalavoa is the franchise quarterback of the future, and he feels, uh, I guess Flores does, he's going to be the one to lead him to a championship. That's great thinking, but not now based on a two-game winning streak. Tua saw his first NFL action Sunday in the blowout win over the New York Jets. He went two for two for nine yards, playing just five snaps. And when you look at it, okay, yeah, he did a few things good, but Tuglevoe will be the 22nd quarterback to start for the Dolphins since Dan Marino retired back in 2000. Think about that for a minute. 22 quarterbacks for the Dolphins since 2000. None of the previous 21 quarterbacks since Dan Marino have made a Pro Bowl appearance None has led the team to a playoff win in nearly 20 years. So I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick would lead you to a playoff win this year. But right now for me, as a coach, coming off of two wins, defeating teams 67-17, to 17, I stick with the veteran and ride that and play that hand as far as I can. And if Fitzpatrick continues to win and they continue to do well from an offensive standpoint, continue to beat teams by a decided advantage weekly, then you don't change what you have. You dance with the one that brung you. In this case, to change right now to a guy because you selected him five with the overall pick in the April draft, despite all the uncertainty of his hip injury, not the time to switch dance partners just yet. It's just not what I would do for Brian Flores in the Dolphins. I just don't think it's a great move for them. Of course, Tagalavo was deemed healthy at the start of training camp. He's quickly showed his mobility during practices. The team's comfort level in him and his health progress came at the start of week two, and he was removed from the team's injury report and put on the active roster. From a rehab standpoint, uh, in strength standpoint, he's doing everything he's supposed to be doing. He's been doing well physically. He's been doing well mentally. They feel from a health standpoint, he's ready to go. And they feel that next Sunday will be the first time Tagalavoa gets tackled since suffering that November 2019 hip injury. And they feel during the offseason they saw enough in him to say, hey, this is the guy. 
So the Dolphins at three and three still have hopes of making the playoffs, and they feel why not make the move now? I totally disagree. And if it goes well, Brian Flores will be lauded for his great genius. If it goes the way I see it, the kid has a lot of learning to do, and it's not a time to learn on the job in this situation because if it goes south, uh, it could really be to the detriment of the Dolphins' playoff opportunity with a quarterback that's doing well for you right now. Not spectacularly, but you're 3-3 three and three and you're right in the mix. Okay, during the Week 5 blowout win over San Francisco, Fitzpatrick has completed 70.1% of his passes for 1,535 yards, 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Not spectacular, but not bad either. Todd Laveau will become the third rookie quarterback to start a game this season after Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, the Oregon product. He also becomes the first left-handed quarterback since Kellen Moore retired in 2017 and the first to play in a game since Michael Vick. Think about that from a left-handed standpoint. Kellen Moore, of course, Boise State, who retired in 2017. Michael Vick, 2015, the last two left-handers. And not a ton of left-handers in the league. As you go back, you remember some of the top ones like the Jim Zorns, the Steve Youngs. But when you think about it, right now, he is one of the front and center left-handers going back to Michael Vick in 2015, the last time anybody really of note played. Kellen Moore had a fairly forgettable quarterback uh, career in the NFL. So uh, they're saying about Tua, he's a hell of a player at the quarterback position. They really need that. They need a player that can make plays. This came from Miami Heat star Dwayne Wade. Uh, to come in as a young player to win a game in the second half of a national championship game that shows grit, that shows talent. People have to really believe in you. Miami needs that. So the hype is there. The fans are there. The outside noise is there for Tua. It's just a matter of right now at 3-3, three and three, is this the right move? And I say no. I do not like this at this time. Uh, what's your take? 804-327-0888. At 3-3, three and three, would you pull the trigger now on Ryan Fitzpatrick being seventh rated in the league and put a rookie in? Or would you say, let's wait it out and see if Fitzpatrick goes south or if he continues to get the team moving forward? So those are the issues we're looking at from that standpoint in terms of what the Dolphins are going to do. It appears right now that they are hell-bent on taking Tua and putting him in there and hoping for the best. And as I've always said on this program, hope is not a strategy. You can't hope a team to win. You can only get them out there, prepare them, and do the very best you can to get them in position to win. So I am hopeful for your Miami Dolphins. However, I don't feel this is a great move at this particular point. In other news, the Dallas Cowboys found themselves in a deep hole as they got blown out this past Monday night. We know about that. But when you look at the situation at quarterback with no Dak Prescott, uh, of course, Jerry Jones, the owner, said the big difference was uh, the fact there was no Dak out there. He said it doesn't have to stay this way. Prescott was not uh, perfect, of course, before his injury, and he's done some great things this year. But the Cowboys were called out, Ezekiel Elliott fumbling twice in the first half, and he was benched briefly. You noticed uh, it didn't sit well with him. He's standing on the sideline with, with his arms folded. And whether I'm coaching him or whether anybody else is coaching him, if a guy puts it on the ground two times, you got to go over to him saying, yeah, man, you got to stand over here and think about it a little bit before I'm going to put you in there. No matter how electric you are with the ball in your hands, if you don't carry the mail properly, you can't play 
in this league. And Joe Gibbs was a classic about that. If you remember, you put the ball on the ground too many times, you found yourself in a doghouse, and you had to earn your way back in. That's why when you look back at the you know the guys like the John Riggins of the world and some of those Walter Paytons, the guys that protected the football, that's why they had those long-term careers. But Ezekiel Elliott putting the ball on the ground multiple times, you know, he said afterwards, hey, this is on me. You know, you can blame me. It was very much a situation where he's holding the ball loosely. I saw him towards the game as it went on, holding it tightly, a little bit tighter. But he's going to have to really protect the football, especially in an offense right now that is in dire need of a rushing attack. So Jerry Jones is very frustrated. The Cowboys fell the two and four in Mike McCarthy's season uh, debut season. They expected a lot more from him. Jones also did not bash defensive coordinator Mike Nolan, whose unit has allowed a league-worst 36.3 points per game. Opponents have scored 84 of 218 points off of turnovers. So when you look at Mike Nolan, he's getting a pass right now from Jerry Jones. But Jones, while not bashing him, said, hey, you know, we need to get better we need to get better in a hurry. He said he was not in a real good mood afterwards. He said, we've got to do a lot better in terms of preparing and playing. He said, when you're not playing any better than we are, it's hard for me to basically look at the end of the game, which is to win the East and get excited about the fact that we're not better than anybody. We may be slow, but we're hoping to be better than you are. And Jones is hoping for better play. This league is Right now, I've got teams rising to the top. One of them is not in the NFC East. I'm telling you, even if you win that division, and the Cowboys are on top now, but barely. Everybody else in the you know, one win, one win, one win, one win. Then you get the Cowboys with two wins. So nothing to shout about in Big D. Quarterback play right now with Andy Dalton is not really gelling well. And then you got a running back putting the ball on the ground. So you've got all kinds of issues in Dallas. But they need to turn it around quickly. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you or Ezekiel Elliott. He's got to turn this around, find a way to hold on the ball, deliver the mail, and he's got to put at least 100 yards per weekend on the board for the Cowboys. Cowboys sustain any kind of balanced type attack to win ball games in Big D. They need it desperately. Going to take a time out. Come back. We've got a lot of sports to get to on this Wednesday edition of the Sports King Show. Don't forget Big Al Sports Phone coming up 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock right here on Sports 1061. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Chris Mooney of the Richmond Spiders. You're listening to Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Hi, Tim Cosgrove here, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We exist to move lives forward. That includes volunteering to support local charities and our community, like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ash Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000 to local charities, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX worth over $28,000. All the money we have raised has gone to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. But we need your help continuing to spread our message and bring awareness to those in need. We can beat cancer with your support. Ask me today how you can help. Moving lives forward. It isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. From all of us here at CMA's Colonial Honda, thank you for your continued support. 
visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Owners just do more. You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was, and he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back, everybody. Just saw an update. The Washington football team, the name will likely remain for 2021. The name should change to protect the innocent there, I'm telling you. As a fan of that Washington football team, maybe we could change the name. Hide from people. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's, uh, don't get me started. It's, it's so frustrating. I, I just want to win some ball games. I mean, 30 years, haven't I suffered enough? Haven't we suffered enough? Oh, man. I remember the Super Bowl, 1991, and I'm going to go back in time. And I'm um, going to the airport, and I'm hanging out with the Super Bowl MVP, Mark Rippon, and looking at him thinking, man, we are going to be in such great shape for the foreseeable future. We're going to win these. Every couple of years, we'll win one. We'll be in the mix because Joe Gibbs and this team is just electric. It's so good. You can't mess this up. They messed it up. Anyway, I digress. I'm going to go through the National Football League, and uh, we're going to go conference by conference. Uh, if you'd like to chime in, give us a call. 804-327-0888 is the number on this hump day edition of Sports King Show, starting with the NFC West. Local product, Russell Wilson and his Seattle Seahawks are 5-0. and uh, They've looked dominant, folks, and they've done it uh, in grand fashion. Russell Wilson is a guy that just seems to be getting you know, be getting better. He's married. He's got children. He's very solid in all facets of his life. He seems very much at peace. He's in complete control of this offense. He's doing well on the run. He's doing well throwing. I mean, they're doing a tremendous amount. Points for 169 points against 135. So they're 5-0 and sitting there looking great. And right now they're the class of the division. The Arizona Cardinals don't look now, but Cliff Kingsbury and company, Kyler Murray, saw what they did to the Cowboys, destroying them this past Monday night. They are 4-2. and two. And while I've gone on record saying they're not there yet, their defense is steadily improving, they're getting better, do not discount the Arizona Cardinals because when you got the diminutive leader that they have in Kyler Murray, a guy that is so much like Russell Wilson, maybe doesn't have the measurables, but he is able to get outside of the pocket. And if you've got him in your sights, you still don't have him. It's 4-2 speed, the ability to accelerate, stop on the dime, ball fakes, everything. He is so dynamic. The Cardinals, surprising at 4-2, and two, they will not be an easy out. They've got a better defense than you might think they do. And offensively, with DeAndre Hopkins, the passing attack, the running attack, They've got enough to scare people. While I don't think they're going to contend for the title, I do think they're going to be in the mix, and they could surprise. So let's circle the Arizona Cardinals. The Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, former, of course, coordinator here with the Washington football team, has his Rams 4-2. and They're humming right along. Of course, they lost last week. But Jared Goff, you know, it's hard for me 
to really get and wrap my arms around Jared Goff. Just when I think I'm all in, I pull back and say, no, he hit that clunker. It's like I can't fully commit to saying he's going to be elite. I see eliteness in him at times, and other times it just leaves me shaking my head with his decision-making. So the jury's still out on Jared Goff, but he still has performances in their four and twos, so you can't fault the Rams as they're there, and they'll be a factor in that West with their defense. The San Francisco 49ers, folks, 3-3. Three and three. Never been a fan of Kyle Shanahan. You know that. I just don't like his big game management. They're 3-3. Three and three. Jimmy G and company playing well. George Kittle. I mean, they're a team with a ton of pieces. They should be a lot better right now than 3-3. Three and three. So therein lies the rub for me. They're not playing other than 500 football right now. They've scored 148. They've given up 130. Their home record one and three. They're two and zero oh on the road, so just can't win at home right now. But they're doing well on the road, and you look at them over their last five. They're three and two. So the 49ers could be coming out of their funk. They got Mostert as a running back. I like him. I like their offensive mindset. It's just right now they're just not playing well on all cylinders. They're hitting or missing, and right now in that division, you have to do something to try to catch up with those Seahawks who are running away with it right now at five and zero. Oh. In the NFC North, we've got the Chicago Bears, 5-1. and one. Yes, I said that, Bears fan. Your uh, team is 5-1. and one. Uh, Of course, you benched Mitch Trubisky. Before the season started, the Sports King said it would be Nick Foles by the midway point, and it's Nick Foles before the midway point. So we were right on the money there. And right now, with a former Super Bowl MVP at the helm, if he stays healthy, while I don't expect the Bears to win it all, I do expect the Bears to be consistent throughout. They've got enough defense and enough offense. Khalil Mack and company. And, of course, uh, Rokon Smith. They've got a tremendous secondary. They've got a tremendous linebacker core. And they're getting enough pressure on the quarterback that they could be a factor with Nick Foles at quarterback. He's won it before, and he knows how to win at playoff time. The Green Bay Packers, of course, they got their comeuppance last week against the Buccaneers, and Aaron Rodgers said maybe it was time that we got our butt kicked to try to show what type of team we are, and we're going to find out very quickly if we can bounce back, of course, from that beatdown at the hands of Tom Brady. So far, it's been a great year for the Packers, but last week I saw some disturbing trends in their offensive line. No protection, and Rodgers was beaten around very badly by that Buccaneer front. And Dominican Sue, right before the halftime, threw him down, and they had words. Rodgers frustrated, and one of the announcers said it should have been one of the linemen coming to his aid, not Rodgers having to go face-to-face with Dominican Sue. So you wonder there, the frustration boiled over in Green Bay. It's one loss, but it was a troubling loss from an offensive line standpoint. So keep your eyes on the Packers. They're always to be contended with, but that was a troubling loss from an offensive line standpoint. The Detroit Lions of the great Bagdini, Gary Bagwell from Florida, he loves his Lions. He does not like Matthew Statsford, as he calls him. The Lions 2-3, and three. Matt Patricia is clinging to his job, albeit a very, very uh, short leash, in my opinion, in terms of Matt Patricia. I don't expect him to be around after this year. I will be shocked because I don't see the progress with this Lions team. They are just not a good football team, and Patricia – is not a great head coach, my take only. If you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, hey, how about that Kirk Cousins? You like that? Well, I told you you would not like that. I told you he should have never gotten paid the money 
$84 million contract. I felt it was the biggest fleece job in American sports history, practically. And look what's happened. He is the author of a one-in-five Minnesota Vikings team that looks very doubtful to make the playoffs. He's gotten worse, and it looks like they're going to be yanking him very soon in terms of the numbers. Points for 155, points against 192. They are one in four in their last five games, and that gets you on the bench. If you're Kirk Cousins, you could be out of a job soon. $84 million later, I think the Vikings in their ownership and Mike Zimmer are saying, what did we do? We didn't get the guy we thought we were going to get, and we do not like that. In the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't look now, but the Bucs are 4-2. and two. New Orleans 3-2, and two, hovering right behind. So we knew this going in, that these two were going to be the class of the division, that they were going to be there when it's all said and done. And Tom Brady is starting to get a rhythm. Last week, his first touchdown to Rob Gronkowski. They're finally connecting. I told you the red zone would be effective for them, and they have done tremendously in the red zone. They're 177 in terms of points for, 122 points against. And when you look at what they've done, 4-1 and one are the Bucks in the last five games. 4-1. and one. Or the Buccaneers. So don't sleep on Tampa Bay and Tom Brady doing a great job. Drew Brees has his New Orleans Saints comfortably at three and two, and they're three and two in their last five games. So yes, with Michael Thomas coming back, if they can calm him down, get him to play well, the Saints always with Kamara and company have to be contended in terms of what they're doing there. Uh, when you look at this division, you know, it's surprising with the Saints and Buccaneers that the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, and the Panthers are heard right here in terms of, of course, Sports 106.1. You can hear the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Carolina Panthers right here on Sports 106.1. Thank you, Ben Maitland. The Atlanta Falcons uh, below them, but I love what Teddy Bridgewater is doing. I love Matt Rule's offense. I think with Christian McCaffrey, while I don't see them as a playoff team, I expect that they could be on the doorstep next year of busting through. But this year, they're definitely improving, and that's what you want to see. They are three and two in their last five, and closing that out. Finally, the Atlanta Falcons have something to cheer about. They're one and four in their last five. Matty Ice and company, one sixty-two points for one eighty-four against the last uh, divisional team we're going to look at. In today's look at the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys two and four, Ugh. the Eagles one and four, the Giants one and five, and my Washington football team one and five. My team one hundred eight points four one sixty two against. We are o five and o in our last five games. You cannot just, be serious. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ben. It's just getting really, really bad in terms of that situation. So. That's a look at the NFC, and there's nothing in that situation as far as the uh, you know overall look at the NFC. There's just nothing there, in my opinion, when you look at what's going on there in terms of uh, is there anything to be happy about? Is there anything to be you know excited about? And the answer for me is no. Uh, in the American Conference, American Football Conference, the Buffalo Bills four and two. Uh, Mike Neville's happy about that in the East, but. Hey, you got Miami Dolphins three and three, Patriots two and three, and not doing well. They're two and three in their last five. The G, the Jets are zero and six, and they continue to lose, 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 lose. How does Adam Gase? How does he have a job today? I, I have no clue on this. Spoke with Mike Singletary yesterday. That would be a great job for Mike Singletary. He could turn that around and get those Jets playing well defensively, at least. AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, five and zero, unbelievable. But in this North, you got the Ravens right behind them, five and one. So that's anybody's division, but the Steelers and Steeler Nation very happy. 
uh, with their Steelers talking Super Bowl in the PA region right now as they think their Steelers have it all. They scored 156 points, giving up 94, 5-0. And in that uh, division, of course, the Browns 4-2. They're hanging around. Could be a playoff team. Baker Mayfield and company got blown out last week, open a rebound this week. And Joe Burrow has one win on the board for the Bengals, 1-4. Uh, AFC South of, of course, uh, Daniel Kyle Mosley, his – Tennessee Titans, he's crowing about them 5-0. and Ryan Tannehill getting it done, 164.4, 126 against, 5-0. and Indianapolis Colts, uh, two games back, 4-2. and Houston, 1-5. and Jacksonville, 1-5. and This is all Titans all day. And I'm telling you what, Tannehill's found a place to live. He's found a community. He's found a home. And it's a perfect fit in that offense. Mike Vrabel's defense playing great. The Titans doing a dominant job at 5-0. and The last division, it's that Kansas City Chiefs, 5-1. and The Raiders at 3-2. and Broncos, 2-3. and Chargers, 1-4. and This is the Chiefs division to lose, as we know. But look at those Raiders hovering around there in second place in that West. They're looking to make a run at something special. And that's one of those teams you got to circle with their offensive firepower that could be somebody to contend with down a stretch. But I'll tell you, the Tennessee Titans, I will take my hat off to them any day, offensively and defensively. They don't get a lot of credit nationally. All they're doing is winning with that Derrick Henry ground game, Ryan Tannehill keeping them off balance in a defense that is so underrated in Tennessee. That's my look at some of the capsules of the teams around the NFL. Love to hear from you before we close it out. 804-327-0888. Going to take a timeout. And don't look now. Big Al is in the bullpen working it up, getting ready to come on in at 8 o'clock sharp. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Vince Papali, whose life was featured in the movie Invincible. You're listening to another guy who is invincible as well. The Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 1061. Friends, if you suffer from foot or ankle pain, have I got the solution for you. It's my great friend, Dr. Paul Ross of the Podiatry Centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. Dr. Ross is a world-renowned surgeon and is widely considered as one of the top podiatrists in the world. He has helped over 240,000 people during his illustrious career, and I am happy to tell you that I'm one of them. From bunions to bone spurs, for foot problems big and small, he and his outstanding staff give five-star treatment to everyone who visits his office. If you can't make it in, that's no problem. Just contact the offices of Dr. Paul Ross to schedule a one-on-one virtual meeting. Dr. Ross is a proven expert. If you're looking for an answer to your foot and ankle problems, look no further than the best in the field and reach out today to Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. In Springfield, Virginia, the number is 571-267-1936. In Bethesda, Maryland, the number 301-660-8225. Call today and tell them the Sports King sent you. You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 106.1. And welcome back, everybody. Wednesday edition of the Sports King. In our final moments, of course, hello, Terry Bummery and your Dallas Cowboys, Daniel Kyle Mosley, William Boozer, Danny Rainey, all of you on Facebook Live watching this morning from around the country. We thank you. Everybody listening to Sports 1061 heading into work today. Hope you have a great day of work today. And if you're off today, hopefully you enjoy your day and your first cup of coffee this morning with Sports King. It all continues with Big Al coming up momentarily. Want to let you know that a programming note this Friday morning at 7:30, I'll be jo- I'll be joined live by 
former Virginia Tech defensive coordinator Bud Foster. He'll be my guest at 7.30 talking about the state of college football as we move to some Big Ten play this weekend, get his take on everything Virginia Tech. He's been doing a lot of things with the Hokie Club. He's been visiting uh, different places and doing some speaking and helping a little bit on the coaching side. And uh, we love Coach Foster here, of course, one of the great defensive coordinators in college football history. He did some amazing things with Virginia Tech. We'll talk about all the things he's up to now. That will be on the Friday morning edition of the Sports King Show. We'll have Dr. Paul Ross as well coming up. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday, as far as the Ross rules, uh, we'll confirm that sometime today. And we want to let you know that, of course, this weekend, the Alabama Crimson Tide play right here on Sports 106.1. 12.30 is a pregame show as they take on the Tennessee Volunteers, 3.30 to kickoff. And then on Sunday, your sports continues here as the Carolina Panthers, they have the pregame show at 12 o'clock, and the kickoff is 1 o'clock as they take on the New Orleans Saints. That should be a very entertaining ball game. And as I turn now to our producer, Ben Maitland, he has some news from the world of golf and the world of NASCAR. Ben, before we get off, I understand Tiger Woods, that guy, you remember him, of course, one of the greats of all time, if not the greatest, is back in action. You've got the details. Yeah, good morning, Jamie. The uh, Zozo Championship will be held, uh, I think, this coming weekend. It's been relocated from its traditional place in Japan, given the coronavirus concerns that are still ongoing, of course, worldwide. It's been relocated to Sherwood Country Club out in California. That is the venue uh, at which Tiger has hosted his uh, Hero Challenge, his own tournament there for over a decade, which is not going to be held this year. So this takes the uh, the place of the Hero Challenge, uh, the Zozo Championship again being moved there. Um Still trying to get his game on track for, of course, the Masters, which is coming up quick. You know, we've <laughs> uh, it was kind of weird. You know, on Monday, I think it was Monday, watching that Monday night football game uh, earlier this week between the Cardinals and Cowboys, and seeing the images from Augusta National being played in the month of October as opposed to March or April or what have you. So that's coming up here in just a few weeks. The Masters is, uh, I think, what November twelfth through the fifteenth. So his goal is to get his game in in shape, of course, uh, before he starts to defend his Masters title. Of course, we kind of lose sight of that—that that he was the last guy to win it back in uh, in 2019 last year, before everything, all the craziness happened this year, uh, postponing the Masters from April to November. So, of course, world number one Dustin Johnson is not going to be in the 78-player field this week following a positive test for COVID-19, uh, but Tiger will be. Uh, duking it out with 25 of the top 30 players in the world ranking. So something to keep an eye on uh, this week. And then on the NASCAR front, I mentioned yesterday that uh, Kyle Larson had been reinstated effective January 1. I also mentioned that it's expected that uh, Eric Jones will take over the 43 car at Richard Petty Motorsports in 2021. Uh, it was made official yesterday morning after we got off the air that Chase Briscoe will take over for Clint Boyer as driver of the number 14 for Stuart Haas Racing in 2021. Uh, Chase currently drives in the Xfinity Series for Stuart Haas, has had a career year, uh, has won nine times on the Xfinity circuit this season, and is a real contender uh, once they get to their own championship race at Phoenix here in just a couple of weeks uh, to win his first career Xfinity championship. Again, nine wins overall. Wouldn't surprise me if he adds another one or two uh, to win the title before this season. But with Clint Boyer stepping aside and into the Fox broadcast booth next year, Chase is going to be elevated to the driver uh, of the number 14 cup car for Stuart Haas. It's a great opportunity for that kid. I uh, really like him a lot. He's got a great attitude. 
and has got a lot of talent, and he showcased that um, this season, and he gets to drive for his hero uh, in Tony Stewart, who is a, a part owner of that team. Well, that's fantastic news, Ben. We thank you both the PGA Report and NASCAR. I do want to let you know from an NFL standpoint in regards to that Carolina Panthers game against New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints are going to have fans in the stands. The Saints in New Orleans Mayor Latalia Contrell announced an agreement Tuesday to have a limited number of fans back in the Mercedes-Benz Dome Superdome over the remainder of the season under a phased approach. They will start this weekend with 3,000 tickets being distributed to season ticket holders for the game against the Panthers. If local health and safety guidelines remain in place and the number of COVID-19 cases remain stable, attendance will increase to 6,000 fans in November with games against San Francisco and Atlanta and 15,000 for December against the Kansas City Chiefs and Minnesota Vikings. Until now, the Saints have only had about 750 family members and friends in the stands, and they previously denied their request of uh, everybody to say, hey, we'll be able to resume this on some level of normalcy. So right now, 3,000 is the number. According to their joint statement Tuesday, a limited number of tickets to satisfy player, team, and other NFL-required obligations was additionally approved for the remaining games. The Saints and the NFL began discussions last week about potentially moving their home games to LSU's campus in Baton Rouge, where COVID-19 restrictions were less severe than in New Orleans, but the team had what it called a productive meeting with Cantrell and President Warner Thomas and other medical advisors Monday, paving the way for Tuesday's joint announcement. So maybe this is the light at the end of the tunnel. 3,000 fans, 6,000 fans, hopefully we'll start to have more fans in the attendance, of course, uh, there are teams out there that 19 teams have approved to host spectators from the general public, and uh, the Saints are one of the teams now that are going to have fans, but uh, folks like my group, the Washington football team, no fans in attendance. And to be honest with you, when you're 1-5, who wants to watch that? It's that ugly. We don't like that, Kirk Cousins. And Minnesota doesn't like what you're doing there either. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up, uh, and we hope you enjoyed this morning's program. Don't forget, Bud Foster is going to join us, the defensive coordinator, formerly of Virginia Tech, on Friday morning. But don't touch that dial. Your guy, we call him Hoss. He calls us Hoss. Big Al Coleman and Sports Phone on the way. Ben Maitland at his side. Don't want to miss it. We'll be back tomorrow with NCAA Preview and NFL on Friday. All that and more as the Sports King rolls on Thursday. Have a great rest of your day. Big Al's next. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hi, Tim Cosgrove here, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We exist to move lives forward. That includes volunteering to support local charities and our community like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ash Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000 to local charities, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX worth over $28,000. 
All the money we have raised has gone to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. But we need your help continuing to spread our message and bring awareness to those in need. We can beat cancer with your support. Ask me today how you can help. Moving lives forward. It isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. From all of us here at CMA's Colonial Honda, thank you for your continued support. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Owners just do more. 